As external affairs minister, S.J. Shankar made his way to New York for the United Nations General Assembly and then Washington, D.C. for meetings with U.S. officials this week. Was Canada the new elephant in the room as China and Pakistan often are? And what is the diplomatic fallout of the continuing tensions between Delhi and Ottawa over the killing of a Khalistani separatist leader? Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sohasini Heather. This week we'll also examine the charge of covert assassination operations worldwide. More than a week after Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau made his speech in Parliament, and we spoke about it on the last episode of Worldview, he practically accused India of ordering an extrajudicial transnational killing of a Khalistani separatist leader, Hardeep Singh Nijar, on India's most wanted list. Uh, there's been a worsening of ties since then between Delhi and Ottawa. So let's get you the latest. First, both New Delhi and Ottawa have doubled down with Canada making it clear it has shared what it believes is evidence linking Indian government agents to the murder of Nijar with uh, Canada's Five Eyes allies, which is the US, UK, Australia and New Zealand. Whereas India has consistently denied the allegation and denied that it has received any credible evidence. Uh, the Americans have been uh, with us uh, in um, speaking to uh, the Indian government about how important it is uh, that they uh, be involved in following up on the credible allegations that agents of the Indian government uh, killed a Canadian citizen on Canadian soil. Um, this is something that all uh, democratic countries, all countries that respect the rule of law need to take seriously. Uh, and uh, we are moving forward in a thoughtful, responsible way, anchored in the rule of law uh, with uh, all of our partners, including with the in our approach to the government of India. Uh, one, we told the Canadians that uh, this is not the government of India's policy. Two, we told the Canadians saying that, look, if you have something specific, if you have something relevant, you know, let us know. We are open to looking at it. Now, not just that, the leader of the Canadian NDP, Jagmeet Singh, who is a coalition partner of Trudeau's Liberal Party, said he had also received a briefing this week on the killing. He claimed the charges were credible. Of course, note that Singh himself was denied a visa to India in 2013, given his criticism of India on human rights violations and his support to Khalistani supporters in Canada. But I have received briefings. And I would reiterate that there is clear, as the Prime Minister has shared publicly, there is Canadian intelligence, which indicates that a Canadian citizen was killed on Canadian soil and, the, and a foreign government was implicated. Um, then reports about CCTV footage of the killing said that all six men, uh, that in all, there were six men in two cars, uh, that were involved in the killing of Nijar as he left a Gurdwara in Surrey outside Vancouver. Uh, this was on June 18th earlier this year. Other reports said that Canada and the US have shared evidence of communication intercepts between Indian diplomats indicating there had been some kind of surveillance, but these were all put out in the media, uh, not yet uh, officially, just on sources. Now, after expelling diplomats and planning to downsize missions, India and Canada have now exchanged travel advisories for their citizens who are going to each other's countries, indicating there's even a greater strain on people-to-people -people ties that are to follow. Remember, there are more than 1.4 million people of Indian origin in Canada, 
226,000 students, and each side issues about two to 300,000 visas to each other's citizens each year. As Canada paused its free trade talks with India, here's another impact. Tensions may hit lentils or dal as Indian importers have raised concerns about the supply of dal. Canada is, of course, the world's largest exporter of lentils in Saskatchewan province. It has created a real uh, lentil industry there. Uh, and and India gets uh, India is the world's biggest lentil importer and gets more than half of its lentil imports from Canada at present. Now the accusations that both have leveled hit the international stage this week as Prime Minister Trudeau, External Affairs Minister Jay Shankar were all in New York, while Trudeau, who battled a different scandal uh, through the week after he and the Canadian Parliament gave a standing ovation to a Ukrainian fighter who turned out to be also a former Nazi war veteran. Trudeau apologized for that. Um, but on the India issue, he said he hopes that India will cooperate. Meanwhile, External Affairs Minister Jay Shankar said India still awaits credible evidence. Listen into this exchange with a journalist at the U.S. Council for Foreign Relations. Are you saying the Canadians gave us documents? I'm asking you if the Canadians gave you the intercepted documents. No, look, I, Indian I, diplomatic have, communications. I have said that if somebody uh, gives us specific or relevant information, we're prepared to look at it. So you have not received those intercepted communications from if the If I Canadian. had, would I not be looking at it? I don't, I'm asking you for a yes or no. I, I, th I think I, he's given okay. us the answer. So the external affairs minister is saying very clearly, this is not Indian government policy. However, he was seen to be hedging a bit when it came to an exact yes or no about the evidence. At the United Nations General Assembly, where it's normal for India and Pakistan to spar with each other at this time each year, Jay Shankar and the Canadian UN ambassador Robert Ray threw what seemed like veiled digs at each other's countries. We also have to uphold the values of free and democratic societies. We cannot bend the rules of state-to-state -state relations for political expediency because we've seen and continue to see the extent to which democracies are under threat through various means of foreign interference. But the truth is, if we don't adhere to the rules that we've agreed to, the very fabric of our open and of our free societies may start to tear. Nor must we countenance that political convenience determines responses to terrorism, extremism, and violence. Similarly, respect for territorial integrity and non-interference in internal affairs cannot be exercises in cherry-picking. And as Mr. Jayashankar traveled to Washington, the question over Canada's allegations followed. Ahead of their meeting, here's what U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said. It is critical that the Canadian investigation proceed, um, and it would be important that um, India work with the Canadians uh, on this investigation. Um, we want to see uh, accountability, um, and um, it's important that the investigation run its course and lead to that, uh, to that result. Interestingly, however, neither side actually mentioned Canada in the readouts that followed their meeting. So what's next? All eyes are clearly now on Canada that must prove these allegations. According to officials, releasing evidence would harm the prosecution's case. So that indicates that there's a trial that could would begin as soon as the investigation is completed. For the Modi government in India, the focus is on uh, denial 
of any wrongdoing and also some diplomatic damage control with mutual friends of India and Canada. In the United States, uh, Mr. Jay Shankar met with Secretary of State Tony Blinken, also with National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. He also met with the Trade uh, 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 Coordinators Catherine Tai and at the United Nations. He was part of a Quad Foreign Ministers meeting and then met separately with counterparts from UK, Japan, Australia and other countries like Mexico. Beyond that, External Affairs Minister Jay Shankar and Defence Minister Rajnath Singh will be hosting their US counterparts Blinken and Austin in the first half of November in Delhi to discuss the full gamut of bilateral ties. It's called the 2 plus 2. We'll tell you more about that when it happens. And US President Biden has been invited to Republic Day in January 2024, with Japan's Prime Minister Kishida, Australian Prime Minister Albanese expected uh, to visit around that time for a quad summit as well. So India is keeping all of these mutual friends with Canada very, very close, even though they're part of the Five Eyes. Now, India also received support this week from its, some of its neighbors, as Sri Lankan Foreign Minister Sabri pointed out that Canada has a past record, and he called these outrageous allegations against India, while Bangladesh pointed to the fact that Canada remains a home for the murderers of Bangladeshi founder Sheikh Mujibur Rahman, who was assassinated along with most of his family in 1975. Pakistan, as would be expected, backed Canada, called for action against India over the Nijar killing. Now, what really remains to be seen is whether Canada, which is, remember, a member of NATO, uh, the transatlantic organization, the G7, the most developed countries, as well as the Five Eyes, is able to muster up support as its investigation concludes. Remember, there have been such cases in the past, and here's what allies and other countries have done. So when Russia was accused of poisoning former agent Skripal and his daughter in the UK in 2018, the United Kingdom really put out a huge outrage. More than 25 countries, including Canada, actually expelled 153 Russian diplomats from their capitals. Uh, China, too, has been accused of targeting its dissidents in other countries like Canada, US and UK, but thus far has not faced similar action. Then in 2010, when the UAE, United Arab Emirates, accused Israeli Mossad agents of murdering Mahmoud al-Mabu, the founder of the Hamas's military wing in Dubai, uh, a number of countries condemned the operation. No real action was taken against Israel, despite the fact that the killers actually used British, Canadian, Irish passports as well. Uh, then there was an attack on an Israeli diplomat in Delhi in 2012, and then similar bombings in Tbilisi, Georgia, as well as in Thailand and Bangkok, led to a huge outcry from Israel. While Iran denied any involvement, it was believed to be a reprisal by Iranian intelligence agencies uh, for the killings of Iranian scientists and IRGC officials by Israeli agents. Now, the U.S. has openly claimed responsibility for killings of many operatives uh, abroad, uh, including Iranian General Soleimani in Baghdad in 2020, the U.S. national wanted for terror attacks Anwar Awlaki in Yemen in 2011. Of course, Saudi national and Al-Qaeda terror chief Osama bin Laden in Pakistan as well. And a number of others in Afghanistan, Pakistan, South America and Africa. So what's worldview's take? Given all these other international incidents of transnational and extrajudicial killings, the allegations against India by Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau are really nothing new for the world, and there is a double standard in the West's reaction to them. Even so, the External Affairs Minister's statement that this is not Indian government policy is significant, 
and India uh, does not approve of such actions seems clear from there, and that's what it will be held to. That's the standard it will be held to. While diplomatic posturing and rhetoric have marked the last few days of the India-Canada row over the killing of Nijar, there is a need for facts and verifiable evidence now to emerge. Before the two, relation, the two countries really hurtle down a path of spiraling relations, the attempt on both sides must be to arrest the tensions, clear the air, and find a way to resolve the issues both historical and of the present between them. I'm going to get you some reading recommendations. First off, there were two books I meant to recommend last week, so I'll start with those. Those deal with the history of India-Canada tensions by Canadian journalists. One is called Blood for Blood. 50 Years of the Global Khalistan Project, and this is by Terry Milewski. You've probably seen him on a lot of television channels during this period, and that's his book. And the other book called Cold Terror, How Canada Nurtures and Exports Terrorism Around the World by Stuart Bell, and he looks at a whole host of other so-called freedom movements that exist inside Canada. Uh, now, as you know, I always enjoy reading books on intelligence. I've told you about a few of them uh, before, especially when it comes to spies. Uh, let me talk a little bit more about some of these spying agencies that are accused of these transnational killings. The one that I'm reading right now is called Secret World, A History of Intelligence by Christopher Andrew. It was gifted to me by a friend. It's been uh, really worth reading. Then The Skripal Files, The Life and Near Death of a Russian Spy. This is by Mark Urban, of course, talking about the 2018 attacks. In the UK, then The Assassination of Mahmoud Al-Mahbu, The True Story by former Mossad agent Dan Megan, and remember, a lot of these are actually, um, uh, you know, are actually praising these uh, operations. Uh, then there's a book by a New York Times columnist called Rise and Kill First, The Secret History of Israel's Targeted Assassinations by Ronan Bergman. Uh, two books on these issues by intelligence operators from India and, of course, the Intel chief, The Ultimate Goal, a former RNAW chief deconstructs how nations construct narratives. Uh, this is by Vikram Sood. And then RNAW, A History of India's Covert Operations by Yatish Yadav, another person from the intelligence in India, uh, talks about operations. And remember, there's a little bit of bragging in a lot of this because India has traditionally really never accepted such intelligence operations. Uh, a book from 2009 you might find interesting called Spies for Hire, The Secret World of Intelligence Outsourcing by Tim Shurrock. Uh, and then this is an interesting book about the U.S.'s drone memos, Targeted Killing, Secrecy, and the Law. Uh, these have been edited by Jamil Jaffer, a very interesting look at how the U.S. saw its drone hits that it carried out, particularly in the last two decades. Uh, and then finally, this book called Surprise, Kill, and Vanish, The Definitive History of Secret CIA Assassins, Armies, and Operators. And this is by Annie Jacobson. I think it was even recommended or nominated for a Pulitzer. So, of course, a whole slew of books on intelligence operations of this kind without any prejudice to the current case between India and Canada, of course. Uh, but this is an issue that is going to keep coming up and we'll track all the latest developments for you here on Worldview. Please do like and subscribe to the Hindus YouTube channel and join us again here on Worldview from the team. Thanks for watching.